Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion team. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. So when when you guys did take over the job in 93, uh, was, was this like a – did you feel secure with always having the uh, this? Or was there just a moment that you're like, all right, we're, we're in here. We're good. There's the merit. The Mariners and, and our firm have uh, our hooks into each other. Yeah. Uh, well, we had a great uh, relationship with, with the Mariners. You know, Kevin Martinez was a young guy then, and he was terrific. Randy Adamack, uh-huh. you know, these guys are lifelong friends. So they were very supportive, and they sold it to the organization. And actually, Meyer and I misspoke. We did the first commercials in 94. Okay. And then in 95, it was a strike year. Mm-hmm. So we did we did like a Ken Burns parody. Yeah. 86 through, I think, uh, 2019, we did player commercials. Right. Uh, but what your question was... Was like, when was there just a point where you were just like, okay, we're here, this is... You're feeling comfortable, yeah. you're going to be doing these all the time. How, how did... What was there well, a, Where they were just really happy with what you're doing? And, it, well, you know, there, there were always some bumps in the road and disagreements and the Mariners were very protective of their brand as they sure, should be. They so are. there were certain things where we got a little out there. They go, guys, we can't do that. Uh, but they were, they were hugely supportive. Uh, I think they respected the fact that the people working on it knew and understood and respected the game of baseball, you know, and we, we didn't, you know, Basio's 2-2 notwithstanding, we tried not to be too stupid about yeah. things. Uh, and it was just a wonderful collaborative relationship. You know, advertising, relationships every agency client relationships are, are like hollywood marriages you know uh-huh. yeah, three or four years and it's over and to have this kind of longevity and i'm saying i me a lot uh, the, the, the fact of the matter is we had a, a great team for a number of years and and a great production company blue goose productions director named ron gross who just killed it he'd go down there and work his butt off with his team and it just all came together you know uh-huh. and, and as i said earlier it's a it's a lucky situation when you can marry your personal passion with your profession and i was a lucky guy as we all were during that during that period now you you just mentioned the ken burns ones which i think are like pound for pound are like 
film artistically, those are my favorite ones. That's Just great. Because I loved that documentary. And it was very interesting uh, how you got to do that. How did? Can you tell me the process of like, okay, we're gonna parody something, you know, pa- you know, parody law as well. Like, how, how much? Uh, like, was that the first choice that season to do that? And did you think you were gonna get away with it? And then shoot it. It happens. Yeah. Well, we, you know, it was it was a fraught year because the organization was up in the air with the with the work stoppage. And uh, what do you promote? When when will, will they get back at all this year? And when is it appropriate to start running promotions? So we, we you know, it was um, we, we we gave them a bunch of ideas, but that one seemed to be right because we we knew we hoped they'd come back on the field. We know we knew there'd be a period of readjustment because the fans were pissed off, you know, and, mm-hmm. and we had a. But uh, so so once the season started and we we're into it for a while, we started running those, and I think um, people respected the fact that it was about you know it evoked Ken Burns obviously, yeah, and, and the love of baseball and stories, you know, stories yeah. about the players. They were funny, you know. They, were, they were they yeah. were great, and uh, we shot all those at, at my house, you know, just different backgrounds and got got actors because it's a very simple thing, right? You got a lockdown camera, you got an actor talking, you got the titles, you got the music. And it was it was a nice little formula. Thank you, Ken Burns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, whatever it, happened to that guy, anyway? <laughs> <laughs> Young Randy Johnson's neighbors could see his fastball coming. Well, Randy was our paper boy, and every afternoon he'd ride his bike down the street whipping papers. Oh, even then, he threw seventy to eighty miles an hour. One day, he beamed the family cat Whiskers. Whisker survived, but he's never been the same. So besides the quote-unquote superstars that you guys have throughout your commercials, you also have the glue guys on the team, you know, the Joel Pinheiros, yeah. the Willie Bloomquist. I mean, I, I loved the commercial with Lee Elia in it. <laughs> you know, I mean, I just like that kind of stuff. Tell, I, I'm sure those guys, as you... The commercials begin to take off. I mean, they were rated the best commercials in Major League Baseball at one point. That's that's an amazing feat by you guys. And then getting these other guys then to buy in and then be a part of that commercial. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, you know, I think uh, I think in the beginning it was like, you know, I mean, baseball is a profession and it's an extraordinarily difficult profession, right? And mm-hmm. these guys, a lot of them, are constantly on the ragged edge of being a triple a or, or out of baseball so i mean as much fun as they seem to have and as glorious it is to be a major league baseball player it's an insecure profession so uh you know at, at first i think people felt like you know i don't know is this is this a waste of time to spend three or four hours doing a commercial when i say people i mean just you know trying to get uh, the clubhouse to buy into it but a huge influence was Jay Buhner, who was, you know, along with Griffey, ruled the clubhouse, right? And Buhner loved doing it. So he basically would go around to guys and say, do this. It's fun. You're going to have, <laughs> you're going to enjoy it. It's good for the organization. It's good for the ball club. So get out there and do it. And it, it sort of caught on. And when Jay retired, he kind of passed the mantle on to Brett Boone, who was, who, you know, as, as new guys came into the organization or younger guys came up, said, this is something we do. So let's do it, you know, and, and, and you're going to like it when it's done, you know, which is a real, 
testament to, to the team I talked about earlier, not, not, you know, letting people down. I mean, as I said, they, they weren't all winners, but I think we had a pretty good batting average. Yeah, you hear that, Booney? We're putting you over here on the Rye Bread and Mustard <laughs> podcast. Thank you, uh, Brett. Uh, Brett, with his, uh, the Brett Boone podcast is a great podcast. Yes. It's a lot a lot of fun to listen to. Right it's a here great, on... great second act for him. Yes, Good for I, him. absolutely. Yeah. I cannot wait to get him on here. Um, you were speaking at Jay Buhner's uh, commercials. Obviously, he had the... The stand-up comedian that was that was really good. There's one where he hits the fly, but the one that really makes me laugh, and I know you have to really like this one, Jim. Is I want to guess maybe your favorite one could possibly be the one where he's using the shine off of his bald head as as a reflection. And I don't know why. Maybe I don't know how I ever thought. (laughs) (laughs) For those of you watching, (laughs) yeah. No, Chris inspired me because I knew he was going to grow up to be bald. (laughs) (laughs) He looks good, bald. Like there's some people that just pull it off. Bruce Willis, Stone Cold Steve Austin, and the Copacinos. Oh well, that's 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 a pretty exclusive fraternity. Thank you very much, (laughs) Larry David. There you go. There you go. Uh, that one is really fun. Yeah, that one that, is really fun. And and you know, that coincided with the opening of Safeco Field. So yeah. it was really, really nice. Yeah, that's oh that's that's we did that, that one. That is nineteen ninety nine. And we did Edgar in the convertible. You know, right? we're playing outside today. <laughs> uh, was there anybody that was difficult now that you yeah, was it go ahead, that's what you want to ask? Uh, yeah, I was just curious, you know, is there anyone maybe outside of Griffey when he was first there that was more difficult and you had to convince to, to do these or lean on like Jay Buhner? Well, you know, I'm going to be circumspect about that because my friends at the Mariners wouldn't, wouldn't want... Uh, Randy could be pretty scratchy and sure. at, at some point... I don't find that as a surprise. Yeah, and, and, and he's the only guy who ever dogged us. You know, one time we had a spot for Randy and he said, I don't want to do it. You know, you respect that. So you didn't yeah. have a run in with Milton Bradley or anybody, <laughs> <laughs> anybody like that. No. And who was the other guy who believed in dinosaurs? Crawford? Uh, uh, gosh, I forgot. Oh, I know. You're yeah. Uh, God, who was that? Not, not, not our Crawford. Of course, no. But no. Yeah. Yeah, there were there, no. We never worked with those guys. So. I and, and again, the Mariners were very good about. You know, just laying the groundwork for the yeah, protecting the players and not putting anybody in a situation they weren't comfortable with and and so forth. Was there ever any like rental players that you're like, I'd love to do a commercial with them, and they're like, I don't know if they're going to be around. You Uh, know, that was more of the the, 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 recently here in the Depoto era, right? Uh, Yeah. Well, again, that you know, I got to give so much credit to Kevin and Randy and Uh and Greg Green because I'm sorry, because they. uh, they would give us a list of the guys they wanted to work with to start with, you know, yeah. and say, you know, and it was based, I think, uh, partly on the, the players' uh, ability to do it, their willingness to do it, and their status with the team. So they, you know, they they give us a list and say, these are the guys we'd like to work with this year. These are the guys. Yeah. I know that I've seen some commercials where I go, whoa! I was watching one in the dugout. Uh, I mean, it was, it's in the locker room, and Sean. Sean, Fig- Sean Figgins is in it, and I was like, "Did he ever have?" <laughs> that his was own- Sean's first year. Did he ever have his own commercial? No, he just had. I think he was a bit. I can't even remember which one it was, but he was a, a bit player in the dugout. Yeah, and I'm like going, uh, I go, God, they paid him a lot of money to get him up here, and he never had a commercial. But we all know the strained relationship yeah, that they yeah, had, so that yeah, kind of made yeah. sense. So and I- you know, guys would get hurt, so we'd have to take and or get traded, obviously. So we have to take those commercials on a rotation. Yeah, you mentioned you started with four the first year, and then you got up to what was the most you had? And I remember they were unveiled throughout. I probably 
Prime Sports Northwest or whatever that, you know. The Mariners are very clever about getting free advertising. Yeah, absolutely. By, by doing and, and it was such a big deal as they would kind of drip, drip, drip the commercials out. Yeah. Um, how, what was the most commercials you guys did at one point? Oh, per season? we would probably, well, you know, the one year um, when Safeco Field opened, we did six weeks. To answer your question, we do typically anywhere from five to seven commercials. But that year, I think we did 10 because we did some that weren't uh, necessarily player-based, but they were more about the glories of baseball outside, a little more romantic, you know. We'd use some of the players, but so we did about 10 that year. Uh, but it was it was five to seven, generally. You know, over, over 19 seasons, it, it adds up. <laughs> were there any slogans or ideas that you loved that didn't, get picked or anything like that over the years uh, slogans yeah we'd, we'd always generate a lot of different slogans and some better than others you know my the, our late colleague steve canetta this great guy uh, grew up a mets fan in brooklyn passionate baseball fan moved out here to the northwest we worked together at mccann erickson we brought him over to the agency he was the inventor of soto mojo which yeah. was perhaps the the best one you know i think that's the most for me, that's the most memorable yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. They're all great. You yeah. gotta love these guys, but the Soto Mojo is, is it's a thing. We had some bad ones too. It's, like it's, get all of it, and yeah, <laughs> you know, that was, that was don't true. worry, but I don't remember that here. one. <laughs> please, please buy a ticket. It sounds like, a, it sounds like the hook to like a, a like a country southern <laughs> yeah. rock. Get all of it. Get uh, but Soto Mojo, I mean, that's I was saying this to Chris on one of the episodes was like. I was like, it came from that, and then it's it's going to live on. It's on the City Connect jersey. Yeah, yeah. Is that cool? I mean, that's along with uh, you know my oh my. And, yeah. yeah. So yeah. when you saw that on the jersey, like, does that take you back? Is that was that an emotional thing? Uh, yeah, you know, I thought of Steve, of course, you right. know, because uh, he and I were such great friends. But uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. And again, you know, you. You work on a brand that that's so visible, you know. Mm -hmm. It's it's not like doing an insurance company, or, <laughs> and uh, you know, it, it's just a wonderful opportunity. I mean, I feel like it's such a lucky guy to have done that, and to have developed a relationship we did, and to do all the work we did. So, you know, it's one of those things where it all comes together. It doesn't always happen, but it was good. Yeah, and was was Soto Mojo where it came? Now he wasn't. Was he an accountant? Is this uh, Steve? Well, he was an account director, but he was a very creative guy. You know, in other words, as an account uh, director or, or executive, your job is to be the liaison between the agency and the client. So you handle the relationship, you handle the finances and the, the budgets. But Steve was more than that. He was he was a funny guy. He was a creative guy. Uh, and, you know, uh, we had kind of an inclusive agency culture where it's, hey, a, a good idea is a good idea, no matter where it came from. Yeah. So Steve came up with Soto Mojo, and uh, Martinez loved it, Kevin. Yeah. And because it was, you know, what does it really mean? And, you know, now it has meaning. Soto Mojo. In fact, when Niehaus first heard it, he said, "What is that Japanese?" Because yeah. <laughs> he tried to just go along. And uh, no, David, it's not Japanese. Uh, so, but anyway, Kevin sold it to to uh, you know Howard Lincoln and Chuck uh, Armstrong and the powers that be. 
and he did a great job selling it. I don't think we could have done it without Kevin's, certainly couldn't have done it without Kevin's endorsement. Have you made any cameos in any of the commercials? Yep. yep. There was, do you remember the Ichiro commercial when everybody was doing the Ichiro sleeve tug? Yep. I'm the guy in the barber chair. Oh, okay. <laughs> Bald guy getting a haircut. <laughs> I, that, that was it. <laughs> I, I do remember Chris being in one. I think he's putting sod down yes, in the... In yeah. the uh, that was that year we talked about when uh, there were all these new ideas for the ballpark, you know. Yeah. And, like, Buner wanted a ladder in right field so uh-huh. he could take home runs away. And one thing was an all-grass inf- all clubhouse. Yeah. <laughs> so, so Chris is laying side. Yeah, that was his, that was his star take. <laughs> he also was in the moose suit at one time, wasn't he? He was in the moose suit. David Segui was giving him a bath. Yeah, it was, it was the Jay Buner's uh, kangaroo court. And Sigi yeah. got fined for something, so he, he goes, Sigi, you get the brush. And he goes, oh, not the brush. And, you know, and he had to That was so neat about moves. playing baseball with Chris growing up and in Little League I did. Yeah. And then, like you mentioned, he would come back during sp- after spring break yeah. and t- tell all of his teammates and friends about his experience. I mean, we were super jealous. With but a tan. Was, yeah, I, with a yeah. tan. I've got to tell you, you guys remember more about this than I do. I mean, I, I, it's, it's so flattering. Either oh, yeah. that or you have no life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I, I I remember I remember because uh, when I figured that out, when I had no idea that you did this, it, Chris one time goes, "We're going to go to the Mariners game. We're over here at the Kingdom, and we had the tickets that you guys had." And oh I was yeah, like, those are oh, good seats. Yeah, and I got, and then we even moved down next behind the uh, camera well, and I caught a A Rod chopper. Oh, nice. Don't know where that ball is. It's somewhere at my mom's. It was a. It was one of those moments where I caught the chopper off foul ball, and the crowd gave me yeah. the clap. Yeah. I don't know. It's probably in my mom's basement uh, rolling around great, somewhere great now. Great story. Right now. But uh, I don't miss much about the kingdom, but I do miss the sound. Remember when Junior got one? Oh, my God. Oh, man. The there echo was, off the yeah, seats. Yeah. There, there was nothing. I mean, I. there's nothing like the kingdom. I have a like a soft spot in my heart for the Oakland stadium too. I go to it and I, I, I say this all the time on the podcast. So excuse me if you have to hear it again or take a bathroom break. I always call Oakland Alameda the kingdom. If it got in a car wreck and it, and it, and it rear ended a semi and went underneath it, you know, like in a movie. And then now it's a convertible. That's what Oakland Alameda stadium. But no, there was nothing like the kingdom. When we designed the Mariners' new ballpark, we asked the players for suggestions. Dan Wilson likes the idea of a natural grass clubhouse. Jay Buner suggested a ladder for the right field wall. Fact is, we're considering every one of their ideas, including this one, the vibrating dugout bench. The Seattle Mariners, you gotta love these guys. And there's a lot of people still asking about where are those yes, commercials? Are, are they, they coming back? We want them back. I mean, that's got to make you feel very proud. Well, yeah, and things change. You know, I think, and, and the Mariners, um, like, you know, our business has changed a lot. And, and more and more clients are taking their work in-house. You know, they're, they're, they're hiring writers, they're hiring videographers. And, and the Mariners have a great production yeah. team. And, um, you know, I don't know if they'll ever bring the... the player spots back in, in the manner we did but 
you know, they're, they're clearly doing a good job. I also feel like, you know, you guys lightning in a bottle at the time in the 90s, too. Yeah. Like, sketch comedy was so huge. Saturday Night Live was so huge. We had Almost Live here in Seattle. You had, you know, Mr. Show on HBO. You had the budding of Comedy Central. You also had Mad TV. It was very, that was kind of the way they do, people would get their laughs and get what their their jokes and, and their satire across. We're, now it's a little different. I mean, that, that's I, a, I don't even understand what's going on. That's a great observation because everything was in little bits, right? right. Little short skits, beginning, middle, yeah. end. And now with social media and, and with, uh, with all the different ways to communicate, you're not constrained by that tight time period. And, uh, you know, it should be free for people who are doing it. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think this is probably the first team that we've had where we've had the opportunity to do those player-only type things, like the Big Dumper. You know, we got you know, Logan out there. You got Coolio. So finally we're getting some personalities. Yeah. Where... yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're not having to do a Scott Spezio. It's like, let's figure out something for Scott Spezio. Carl Everett. I know, because I know that that's that, the guy. That's the guy. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I, I said dinosaur. Crawford. It was Everett. Oh, yeah, he did. He believed in the dinosaurs. Yeah. 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 That was the evolution oh, guy. Man. Yeah. Um, I believe he even entered a home run derby and only hit one home run or zero home runs. Uh, uh, what was I going to say? So jumping off of what CJ said there, we got these guys now. We have Walter. We have the Big Dumper. We have Julio. Do you ever sit there and go, oh, man? Because it never turns off going, like, I got this one. I, got, I, I know what I would yeah. do. love this question, well, Myron. Sure. But, uh, you know. It's not free. That <laughs> was free. It's not free. <laughs> that, no, no. It's, it's just that was then and this is now, you know. Yeah. And, and like I said, you've done it for all those years. I mean, I feel grateful I, I i don't feel like i'm missing out anything. okay then yeah maybe you can answer this one yes. for us what is your one or two favorites out of all of them do you have any well people ask me that all the time um i like um well we've, we've gone through a lot of them we've gone through a lot of them i i do like a couple of jamies i i like the you know the yes the, yeah, ra the radar gun the sense of humor yeah, yeah. the radar gun and also the one where he throws the change up and Dan Wilson and the batter has an entire conversation yes. before the goal gets. Because Jamie was, Jamie loved doing it. He was great. Really? He wasn't really a great actor, but that's what made it cool. Yeah. <laughs> and he was such a nice guy. And uh, yeah. He's so like, I'll, I'll, I'll like be an extra in this one if you need me, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yeah. You know, not everything we did was for comedic value. Right. And, uh, Greg Green and I collaborated on a spot uh, called Welcome Back Baseball that was just a Hallmark card to baseball. Yes. And they, they played, the, and we did it for one season. So, you know, let's let's do a spot welcoming baseball back. And they've done it for like 12 years in a row yeah. with Niehaus's voice. And that was kind of fun to be able to, you know, <laughs> do something a little more saccharine and serious. Yeah, we brought a... Uh, Tom Hutler is a friend of the show. Yeah. And we had him on here and yeah, listen to his segment. And he was talking about when he hear, he plays that, when he hears that every year, that's one of the one things that really brings a tear to his eye. Didn't he say that? Yeah. Uh, and, and the young kid that runs the bases the first time. Yeah. Yes. The, the, the Hutch kid. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, Kevin uh, told me that, or Greg rather, when he played it for Niehaus, that Niehaus got a little tear. Yeah. Which, you know, 
That's pretty cool. I, I, I have to admit, I went and I watched it. It's so corny. Recently, because everybody's like, this makes me cry. This makes me cry. And I was like. And you laughed. I kind of, I kind of, I kind of knew it. And then I listened to it. And then I started getting caught up by it. Like, like, like the building. I was like, oh, I know this one. But me, I always go after all the goofy, funny yeah, stuff. Yeah. And, and uh, that's what people remember. But uh, it's nice that that's a little bit of a tradition. And, you know, the, the uh, did you ever read Ball Four by Jim Bouton? I haven't. Yeah, it's... Uh, oh, the former GM. Uh, no, no, that's... Uh, uh, oh, Jim Bowden. Uh, Jim Bowden. Jim Bowden was a pitcher for the Yankees. Okay. He passed away uh, a while back, but he wrote a book called Ball Four in the 70s, and it was very controversial because he, he didn't sanitize baseball. You know, he called a lot of guys out and stuff like that. He okay. said, he said, the last line is something like, you spend your whole life holding a baseball, and at the end of the day, you realize the baseball holds you. You know, mm-hmm. that was kind of cool. So I cribbed that line, which is uh, someone once said, you don't cover baseball, baseball grips you. So, you know, creativity is um, the ability to conceal your sources, you know, <laughs> to steal honestly. 